0: Hello and welcome to the 26th episode of The Sauces Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them about their starting industry, what their influences are, and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they are here to promote, which in this case is Orbitalis. Was Orbitalis? That works yeah. for me. Alan, or was it Alan? Alan, Alan, it's fine. Alan, uh, please tell us about yourself. Who are you? What do you do?
1: Okay, my name is Alan and I'm an independent game developer currently based in London. And I work on a few games, and probably the one we are talking this time is Orbitali, that is a sort of calamity simulator. And I'm also currently working on a game for ps and PS4 called Steel Time, and hopefully will be released next year. And apparently, I'm that guy who gives biscuits to game events. You do give biscuits. <laughs> I I have, do do? There's
0: two things. Well, it's three things, really, I-, I know about yourself. First of all, you made this crazy orbiting game, which we're going to talk about today, um, called uh, Orbitalis. And also the second thing is you have this crazy controller that looks yeah. like it's made out of 3D... Um, printer, but it's not. It's actually made out of bits of plastic, pumped together, which is extremely fragile. Yet, it's somehow managed to survive various chips around the world,
1: including um, GDC San Francisco, which was quite
0: a challenge. <laughs> so, so that that happened, uh, and of course, finally, you give away biscuits. Yes. And we're not talking about cookies; just genuine <laughs>
1: biscuits. And okay. I actually, I actually started contacting, like you know like Oreo and asking them do you want to sponsor my game it can be <laughs> Oreo Talis, but they never replied to me I was, no, disappointed. So, so. I was so disappointed
0: so how did you make your start in, in making flashy lighty video games
1: Um, I actually have to say that I have always been making video games you know even before I could actually start coding them I remember when I was you know when I was a child I was writing and drawing you know these game proposal this game document you know and, and I was saying, okay, that's the game I want to make as soon as, you know, I know how to code, And then, of course, you go back and you realize that, you know, you're brought in, like, Call of Duty, you know, Destiny or <laughs> something like that, you know, and I say, okay, let's with you know, something smaller. But um, I remember that something that really um, made me think of starting game development for real, like a real job. Was, um, when I played a game called Creatures that very few people actually remember about it. And basically it was like a life simulation where you have these little creatures and you could like breed them and, you know, helping them survive. And they all have like, um, a brain made of a real neural network and a real DNA. So they could have like, um, you know, evolution and all the kind of cool stuff you can see in, in proper biology. And to me, that was really amazing because it was the first time I saw, um, Computer science, video games and biology joined together. And they were all like three big passions of mine. And, and they say, okay, I don't have to choose. I can do all of three together.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing an old Atari ST game where it's called Evolution and it just simplified because you know, you and I know evolution is it yeah. actually really complex to You can't really summarize it in a simple sentence. This is why it took uh, (laughs) scientists 150 years ago to write an entire book on the subject. (laughs) But anyway, it was an amazing sort of, it was called Evolution. It was was fully Atari ST. And uh, I remember it well. Uh, Crazy game, because you had to alter your DNA every time you you, you mated with something. And then you actually changed things, and it was
1: cool. Something that really, really inspired me from the very beginning was a game called The Game of Life by uh, Conway, and it's, I don't know if you've ever seen it, it's a sort of like life simulation, based on our right. space. And what has happened is that this game was supposed to be very simple, but actually they discovered that the rules themselves were so deep and complex, that the game could actually, in the game you can build stuff, and you can simulate the game in itself, so you can have the game that simulates the game itself, and to me that was like the most beautiful thing I ever seen in the game. Okay. So, for a long time
0: then, you've been making, I mean, you actually code them as well and <clears throat> create the art and what have you in the sound?
1: Um, usually, I have to say that uh, because I'm a software architect, that's what you know, I always do okay. for games. I always do the coding part of my games. And for a very long time, I did games just for myself. So, I was coding them only for the sake of you know, me enjoying doing them. And yeah. this means why a lot of my old prototypes don't have any graphics at all, but All the graphic is drawn, you know, directly by code. With no like images at all in the entire source code. Okay. Um, and I think that was something really that I really really enjoyed. And, you know, now now it has become a real <coughs> job. So not kind <laughs> of what I'm doing, you know, is is funny and you know it's enjoyable as it was before. But you know, it, it's nice that I still managed, you know, bring the core, the asset of that into what I'm doing now. Okay, so
0: obviously you've already mentioned some aspects of what, what aspects of the world that influences you. I mean, you've you've spoken about you know, um, biology and science, what have you. So is that the thing that really sort of you keep on returning to? Because I've I've read some aspects of, of the Albertalis, and that it is, you know, it is science physics based that's <laughs> it it is it is um is that something that influences you more than anything when you make your games do you think
1: um what I'm always trying to do is um making games that are a little bit diverse from what people might have played before because I know we know that every time you know we make a game it it must be you know it must be derivative in some way compared you know previous stuff yeah but yeah, I, always, really. I always try you know to make something thats Break, try to break this this spot and in a way try to add something new something more experimental and games that really inspired me for example are something like Portal or Fez or um, I don't know Anti-Chamber for example because each one of those games try to add something really different something really new in the own gameplay and, and, and yeah. they, they make everything around that And I think Anti- is- yeah, Anti-Chamber is an
0: excellent example of we only see what you see <laughs> um, it's it is like well, what's reality? You're like you're answering all these sort of questions. What is real? What you can I, only perceive? What's what's around you?
1: And it's, I think, in a way, Anti Chamber has something that I would I would say is you know inherently evil <laughs> in the sense that it is. For example, yeah. For it's example, a, a game like Portal it uh-huh. has a very pure gameplay. You know exactly how the mechanic yeah. works, yeah. and it's just a fact of getting as good enough. To, to know how to solve puzzles puzzle with this mechanic. While Anti-Chamber has a very, very simple mechanic, but you don't know it, and it's so bizarre, and you have to discover that stuff changes when you're looking at them, and that you have to walk yeah, backwards.
0: Yeah, he uses the game
1: <laughs> gamers. well,
0: everyone's conceit that when you, you've you gone somewhere, you've been there before. There's nothing <laughs> changed. No, <laughs> go on, go back down those stairs. Not, this is within the first minute of the game, everyone. I'm not spoiling it, like... Go back down. <laughs> go back down yeah. those stairs. Yeah, but I didn't yeah. no, go back to, What is this? See? <laughs> all the rules of law lo- all the rules of, that's the beautiful thing about that game is that all the, the, the rules of logic and, and, and um reality is just the developer said, you know what? That's kinda dull. Let's put that in the bin
1: <laughs> and just the, mess up you know, people's minds. That's where I really like the fact that Antichamber takes what people Took for granted and say no, it's not granted at all. You know, Don't if you, you go up. back, yeah. I change everything. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Come
0: oh, on. No. So, and then as soon as you see, as soon as you realize it, there's two reactions. Well, probably my, <laughs> it's either that's brilliant or I'll piss off. And just, <laughs> just get up. and like, No, not having this. No. So uh, I'm the former. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. That's
1: no. No. Real. I think I think it's brilliant in a very evil way, but I still very think evil. It's brilliant.
0: Yeah, I'm not, you know, bashing my head against the table in frustration with that game. If anything, <laughs> I'm sort of going, You know what to do here, Chris. Just you know, just use a little bit of hand eye coordination and you'll get by it. Don't worry. It's like purples <laughs> in that regard. You know, you know what to do here, right? Whatever. <laughs> so so yeah, uh nuance, something breaking things out of the mould, doing things that you know, go against the grain is something
1: yeah, it, that influences yeah, it, it, you. Yeah, in a way, I think that something that to me is really, really good is that, that when people make a game and they say, oh, but that's not really a game. And, you know, well, when this happened, I'm super, super happy because it probably means that that game or that whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, has pushed on the edge of what people think is a game. So it means that it's something that really pushes the boundaries of, of the concept of game itself. And I'm yeah. thinking about something like Proteus, for example, that is beautiful for that. He has no purpose. He has no meaning except wandering into these randomly generated islands. And people complain if it's a game or not. Well, who cares? Who cares?
0: Mean, who cares? I I, Proteus, <laughs> I haven't spoken about Proteus to a developer for a while, but for me, it's just like an album, like a CD, <laughs> where I just dive in and just run around yeah. chasing after bunnies and then go into the fortresses and. Going in, well, whatever they're called, I'm not yeah. sure what they are, and the magical whistle <laughs> no towers. Knows what they are. No, he won't talk about it either. And it's like you just go in there and then reappear somewhere else, and and then you yeah. follow you follow the stones that make chiming sounds as you walk past them. I don't know why, but yeah. they do. And then all of a sudden, everything starts generating and vibrating. and You have to go in the middle and then go into the next season and so on yeah. and so forth. You know,
1: but I, th- I think what makes it really really amazing is that it's really easy to make games that are scary. And, yeah. you know, a movie yeah. that are scaring these bad feelings, like, you know, it sometimes it's really hard to achieve something that is really good, like alien isolation, for example, but that is really, really good. But, yeah. you know, that's really, it's really easy making people feel uncomfortable, while doing the opposite is extremely challenging, and I think that proteins succeed beautifully in that.
0: Yeah, and giving some, you know, firing off a different part of the brain rather than jump scares
1: <laughs> yeah just, I know, it's really just... easy to make something appear on the screen really quickly you know and, and make you really scared but you know that, that, that's a little bit cheating you know yeah. so
0: who do you then most admire apart from the makers of <laughs> um, <laughs> But
1: yeah I love that kid. Yeah. Um, I think that it's, it's, it's quite important to always have like a model you want to follow or something you want to be inspired from in a way -hmm. And for a very long time, someone I really, really admire was um, Alexander Martin, that is known with the name of Droken on the internet. And yes, he has released a game that made basically quite, you know, internationally popular that's called Starship Pilgrim. And I think that, you know, all this game, he approaches game in a similar way to what I do. So usually Droken makes games very little graphics or no graphics at all. And everything is left to the gameplay. And every gameplay is something that usually goes breaks the game itself and goes outside. And um, and I think that some of the you know prototypes he made are absolutely beautiful. Like one of his games, the core mechanic of the game is that you have to hold your breath while playing in certain moments because you're going underwater. And um, and the game plays, you know, this relationship between the player who in the end won't do it at all and, and you know it's, it's fun. And I think that some of those things are extremely useful.
0: Okay. Um
1: someone else I really, really I um, admire for his work is Paolo um, Pedercini, who is um a release game with the name of Small Industria. And basically, you know, despite all of this game being mechanically really simple, usually they're very short flash games, um they all 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 of this game in a way are sort of they hide a sort of like Social or political message inside and I think that that's you know something really brave to do Is like he made a game about McDonald's he made a game about Vatican City, you know, you always try um, To make games that talk about something that people usually Don't really want to talk on you know something that is taboo in a way mm. um, and I like the fact that is Let's say abusing the tool of games, you know to convey a more important message than, oh, you are the hero, kill everyone, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I think that, you know, this pretty much cover um, the, the, the people who actually make games. But I think that, you know, games are meant to be played. So it means that, you know, I I tend to to have, like, to get inspired by people who are really, really good in marketing. And I think that, too, you know, the people... That's better. These, for example, are, um, Rami Ismail and Mike Tito. That I think they're amazing at doing marketing for the One Game, and all the decisions they make are extremely good. And you know, they always manage to um, bring to make the game more successful. And I think you know that all those things combined together are quite you know are quite interesting to follow. Okay, good answer. <laughs> I've
0: had others say I. Uh, other games true that's a great inspirational thing too to say just games in general um and that's 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 fine um just like i admire other games that's fine so speaking of other games uh i know you're a busy man but i'm sure you're having time to play games other than orbitalis (laughs) so what's what's occupying your and it can be anything by the way because i play a lot of tabletop stuff too so if you want to talk about that Um... that's fine
1: Something that is really like consuming my time, like terribly, is um, Planetary Annihilation. Oh, I've uh, seen
0: this on Steam. Um, I saw it had a, a massive premium for the early access, which has been yes. falling over time. <laughs> it started and, off like £90 and then it's gone down. And yeah, uh,
1: I have to say it was a little bit pricey. I have to yeah. say that. And you know, at the beginning, I wasn't really sure if I should have, I or not know. Because you know, usually it's very upscale. The the the, the price of you know, I want to pay for. Yeah, games. it's a form of crowdfunding, is it? I understand. Yeah, but you know, then as soon as I played a game, I couldn't stop. doing I'm terrible at a game. What, I mean,
0: what is I, it then? Can you expand what it, it is, because I've no idea.
1: Basically, um, you have a solar system in every game. You know, just just to <laughs> just to stay. <laughs> just to stay <laughs> the wow! Damn! Um, <laughs> you start with these spherical planets. Yeah. And you stuff and you colonize other planets and you have opponents and basically try to nuke them from orbits, you know, or, or launch missiles and, and and it's a very, very clever strategy game. So clever that I never managed to win. Okay. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> but um, So you're colonizing planets in various solar systems and then you start to take, try to take over other people's solar systems, is that what you're saying? Or?
1: Yeah, it's, it's basically just one solar system. Um, like oh, where I see. Where we oh, play. Okay. You know, he has a lot of planets and moons inside and... And what is the, the big feature of the game is that you can take a moon, you can put like thruster on the moon, and you can smash the moon inside a planet and destroy both. Right. <laughs> I think that's, that's one big engine then. Damn. That's really sweet thing to do. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's why the game is called Planetary Annihilation. Yes, I really see.
0: Yeah, it sounds like um, sort of a kind of kind of uh, technology the culture would have. I'm not sure. If <laughs> I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Ian Banks, uh, the in Peace*, uh, the culture novels, but I've always found them uh, amusing, very, very well written, very, very, and uh, they, they have a technology that's so beyond our comprehension, it <laughs> feels, like, feels like magic, and uh, yeah, they'd be able to easily, just in the blink of an eye, go, you know, I'm just going to blow that planet up. Why? <laughs> because I want to! Um, yeah, that, that,
1: that, that's more
0: or less how I mean, we'll- no, the culture wouldn't do that, they're not destructive, that's what well, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's bad. But anyway, they, they, yeah. Sounds cool. I'll have to have a look at it then. Because so I know it's falling in price. I th- did see it in the Steam sale. I was very tempting, but then I realised no, enough, Chris. You've already bought twenty things already. Let it go.
1: Yeah, the Steam sales are evil. <laughs> they
0: are. They are my, <laughs> really evil. My pile of shame, or, or should I say, as someone corrected me on this show, it's not a pile of shame. It's my investment into the video game industry.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what you know. Now, when I buy or play a game, I, I say it's R and D. Yes. <laughs> i'm not sure i should do that but you no, know, i have a, to be updated you know on the other I mean, game yes
0: i need to have <laughs> these things just in case someone says you've got that in your list i do you should play that okay then <laughs> three years from now
1: don't worry you'll be fine no but i i'd say that um because you know i'm quite aware of that and yeah. sometimes you know those games i mis- i get easily addicted by games so what i'm trying to do is there are there are a few games i want i've generally want to play for research purposes, because I want to know how they achieve that atmosphere, how they achieve that effect. And for example, recently I've watched um, The Fall, that it was a really, really nice game. Um, Sorry, uh, I The Fall. It's a sort of like, Limbo-esque game. Oh, another one, one, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, really, it's really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, I think the developer's name is Over the Moon, or something like that. I'm not sure if I'm saying correctly. Uh, but I'm about to chase him down. I'm just saying. The game. The game is really, really nice, and um, I knew that I probably would have spent like weeks to finish it. So I just went on YouTube and watched a um, walk uh, through of the game, and and you know, the so now now is is quite a big thing, you know, watching let's plays. Um, and, and in a way, I got a very similar experience to what I would have played a game, but I saved so much time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Is there anything else you played recently you want to bring our attention to? Um,
1: I play um, Nuclear Throne and I'm really bad at that. Yes, (laughs) that
0: game is hilarious. Uh, But of course it is. We all know who made it, you know.
1: Yeah, I I know that now um, the the Nuclear Throne finally sleeps, but I never reach it. Probably never will.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. It's a good roguelite, but it's damn, it's tough. Um, but I just love the different characters and different abilities they have (laughs) but yeah Nuclear Throne lovely game Um, up there with ridiculous fishing and love trousers but uh, yeah I've been trying to get Rami onto the show but he's a very busy man very busy
1: (laughs) I know I know very elusive he's always (laughs) travelling
0: yeah he's always travelling he's even got a special little app on his phone to deflect people (laughs) when they email
1: him yeah I know
0: (laughs) so that ends the first half of the show. Let's move on to what we're really here to talk about: is orbitals. So, um, tell us, give us the pitch. Try to des- I defy you to describe this game. Go on.
1: <laughs> Orbitalis is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, no, no, I mean, no that's, no, that's <laughs> an adjective. <laughs> come
0: on. Um, <laughs> what is it? Because I can't, I try to explain
1: it to people, and it just goes wrong. <laughs> so, come on, um, you go. Orbitalis is a gravity simulator disguised as a puzzle game, or maybe the other way around. I don't know. <laughs> it's, no, so, it's, both. it's both. It's both at the same time. So basically, um, it's a game in which every level is a solar system or you know, some sort of celestial environment. And what you have it's, to do is yes. you have to launch a probe in space. And this probe has to survive as long as possible. And basically, will the system, the stars and planets in the system will move over time. And this will affect the gravitational fields. And of course, your probe will start going around and orbiting around these different bodies. So that's the game, actually. Gotcha. So it's it, it is
0: a simulation because if it really was like orbiting planets, then a everything would be elliptical, <laughs> yeah. and there will be different axes of each of each planet, and yeah. they would have they will not be completely orbiting around. Yeah, all that stuff. It's more complexity in space, which is great. But you simplified it and made it all. Yeah, and you
1: know what? A lot of he, people yeah. comparing to Kerbal Space Program, they do. You know, it's actually very different games. You know, they are they both are. related to space stuff. Yeah. But um, to me, when I I made a game before playing Kerbal Space Program, but when I played after, um, Kerbal is more about. You know, actually planning your orbit and making the rockets and Delta V and, you know, all those kind of very, you know, detailed stuff about how to
0: go into orbit. And yeah, I mean, the, 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 the orbiting part is a one hundredth of <laughs> space programs. Yeah. There's uh, a whole raft of other stuff you've got to deal with before you even launch anything. The, the other know, thing is
1: that in Global Space Program, you add gravity from one all the one source at a time. Yes. So this means that your other orbits, all the orbits, basically, they can be circles or you know, ellipses or parabolas, and, and that's it. <laughs> they can't yeah. be anywhere else. Why no bit are? Because it's a proper end-body simulation. What you have is that um, the orbit, basically, can be as crazy as you want it. So, well, it's
0: my, f- my first proper question. Uh, should I be? Is it, yeah, yeah <laughs> it, this is, is it really Newtonian physics you're using here?
1: Um, yes and no. In a sense that um, I'm using uh, Newton loads of gravitational traction. but the problem is that that law um, allows for infinite vectors. So for example, if you pass through the center of a body, you can have like a division by zero and get in an infinite speed or so something like that. So at the beginning, I was using Newton straightforward Newton, and the problem is that, when you're going close to something, the sun or a planet, suddenly the um, your probe got shoot like at hyperspeed outside. Yeah, because that you was, get slingshotted. Yeah, you know, in a way, yes, but no, no, no good slingshot. The fact is that you get really, really close to the center, and uh-huh. basically, spotting point division gets really bad. So you get yeah. you know vectors that are close to infinity or something, like that, or oh, some crazy high numbers. And then it says division by zero, then it implode. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so basically, yes, it is Newtonian uh, physics, but what I changed is that um, there are some minimum and maximum value that all the components can have. So basically, paradoxically, it looks more realistic because um, you can even if you go really, really close to a bar, you never have unrealistic acceleration or infinite speed or something like that. No, you, but, it's, but yeah, on a, on a, on a normal scale, it is pretty much Newtonian physics.
0: Because the first time I encountered this kind of representation of Newtonian physics in a video game was Elite Frontier Two, <laughs> yeah. um, and that game was insane. Braben doing bloody Newtonian physics in a video game like it was just, <laughs> you know, people like some people liked it, some people, yeah, not so much. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there it is. It's a it's it's close to, Whereas there is some conceit there to allow the game to be well, quite frankly, engaging. Otherwise, like you say, if you really did use pure Newtonian physics, it won't work. It just doesn't work. <laughs> Interesting. So one of the things i noticed with this game, and, you know, it's pushed me to playing to 1am
1: when I shouldn't do that. <laughs> I
0: am not I'm not kidding. I'm not saying it because you're on the show. i am genuinely, you know, I'm sitting there going, oh, just basically what, my, what I'm saying is it presses my one more go button very hard. Yeah. How do <laughs> balance frustration against the need to try it again how do you how do you do you think about that too much or have you studied that in any way because you've you've hit the nail (laughs) you've really done a great one for me anyway so every time i could do so much better even when i've completed a level though i could make that sucker go on for ages
1: I think the game is, has found a very, very nice balance. And, you know, in a way that happened by chance, because the game was made in 48 hours, the original game was made in 48 hours for Lulum there. It was a game jam game, wasn't it? It was a game jam game, yeah. Yeah. So at the time, the, the game really changed a lot from then, but, at that time, there wasn't really much time you know, to think about, oh, yeah, yes, yeah, just just make something easy with thoughts. I can't make a button, it takes long, okay. Um, but what I discovered is, you know, and then I tweaked that a little bit to make it easier. Um, what I discovered is that um, the game is super forgiven. So if you made a mistake, every level lasts five seconds or so. so you don't really, don't really get punished too much if you want to restart. You don't really get that level of frustration. Also, because even if you fail, it's really likely that your orbit will be really interesting to watch. Um, and, you know, so a lot of the game plays about that. The fact that the player has to plan their orbits. So, in a way, I'm trying to, to have this as a component of reducing the frustration, because there is always something nice to watch on the screen. And even if you fail, you have something that you can, you can watch. Um, because, you know, it's in a way, gravity is fully predictable, but it's extremely chaotic. And that's, that, that's something people have really trouble understanding. But um, how something predictable can be chaotic. Um, basically, one of the problems is that there is no way that someone can predict the orbit of the probe for more than like five seconds. That's simply not going to happen. Because you know there are so many variables and everything is moving. So what what I want from people is not to predict the outcome of their shots, but try to understand which areas are are more likely to generate ca- chaotic behavior. And for example, if you go close to a sun, you're more likely to get chaotic behaviors. And, and people are getting really, really better at understanding them. Plus, yes.
0: Yeah, I found that as I'm playing the game, I'm getting better and better at sort of plotting courses that I can't even see on the screen anymore.
1: But the thing is that because the orbits sometimes are so unpredictable, fully predictable, but unpredictable for us, Mm. the thing is that people don't get better at predicting gravity. They get better at understanding where launching will create, will generate a chaotic behavior or not. And I think that that's really nice. Plus, I'm doing some because, you know, the game is still in early access. I'm, you know, every update, every month or so, I try to do an update. Um, What I'm doing, basically, is having very precise statistics of what people are clicking, when I'm clicking, and which level they find more hard. And every time, I try to rearrange the level to maximize the experience. So if I see that people um, find the level too hard, I move that level a little bit further. And I try to do that so that Every update, people play for a longer time because um, they don't encounter something that becomes very frustrating. And when they do, they have a skill that is good enough to overcome that problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we answered that one. Here's the (laughs) next one. The control system, yes, uses a mouse to aim the trajectory of the projectile as it flies into space. At least, that's what I gathered from the game. Uh, my joypad wouldn't work or anything it was just mouse as
1: well.
0: yeah uh, I always pick up my 360 pad it's sitting there on my table uh, it's wired and it's plugged into my back of my PC and it plays lots of games but not this one um, how did you how have you found balancing the sensitivity of the mouse with the precise nature of firing your projectile um, how have you juggled that I mean it, during, it's
1: just, during the game jam um that basically, I designed levels so that the mouse sensitivity was the same for all the levels and all the levels could be solved in the same, you know, precision, approximately. Then, as soon as I was making more and more complex levels, I discovered that this was a real problem because, you know, maybe sometimes you can have a, a pixel or the next one can generate like a completely different behavior in, in the audience. So, people need to be very, very precise. And for doing that, very few people actually realize that, but um, every level now um, has a different thrust and speed. So what it means is that um, for example, if in level one you have the mouse you know, I don't know, ten pixels away from the probe, you have a certain force. But if you do this in level five, that's a different force, even if the distance is the same. So I'm trying to um, basically correct the speed I'm giving to the probe every time so that it will fit into the orbit of the level and you know this in a way makes sense because um, sometimes the level represent like a planet and its moon so it's very um, the scale is very small but sometimes there are different stars so the scale is really big and of course you know these the simulation has to take that into account so when this happen usually the simulation itself is running in a different scale and that's how everything stays together without collapsing actually
0: oh that makes sense. so because that intrigued me about how to create such a uh, you need to be quite precise and you know i don't want to harp on about oh mouse and keyboard that's the champion (laughs) fps way of shooting and whatever i'm not going to go down that path but there are some games that do work better with a mouse and keyboard Mm -hmm. and this is one of them (laughs) <laughs> um, but um, so.
1: what what I actually found is that um, in the next update, and hopefully we'll come in ghosts. I hope so. Um, basically, um, I don't know if you played something like a swimming Boy, for example. Um, you can have like you can see the ghost of other players playing, and you can right. see the strategy and where they're jumping. Oh, depend. right, so yeah. I decided to do the same for Vitalis and what happened is that um, if you're really stuck, you can press like H. I think you will stick with H on the keyboard and basically um, you can see on the screen where and when people clicked in real yeah. time. So this gives like very precise information where the solution of the level are. And I discovered that they are in very bizarre patterns. You know, but oh, yeah. really interesting. basically they the those patterns are solution to the differential equation which actually generates the level, represents the level. Um is really nice because if you click whenever in those areas, you actually win the level. So I think that's, um, and that's something I wasn't aware of, <laughs> really. No. So um, what is nice is that now I know that there are some areas in which whenever you click, you win the level. And the area of uncertainty are on the edges between those areas, so between a winning and losing area. And if people click on one of those, then there is a high chance they won't win. But you know, it's, all, it's all about finding the right balance on them.
0: It's about foreign right. To direction and speed. Um, yes. There are times when I've found I've almost gone into an infinite loop, but what I've found <laughs> really quite funny is I've had the projectile far off out the outside, and I like, was oh, not coming back. And then just, just manages to go flying straight across the screen, and then wraps itself around the moon for a bit, you know. Um, and
1: and yeah. that and that was absolutely intended because I want I want people to feel that oh no oh yes feeling. Yeah. Of, of, Coming, coming back, but it doesn't always happen, but when it does he already... yeah it, doesn't,
0: no, it doesn't it doesn't work all the time, but it, it sometimes sometimes it does sometimes it does, so my last question, and I don't ask this a lot, but there's some games that lead myself to ask this one question because I think it. Because it's so esoteric, your game is so esoteric. For me to then start pick pick away at it, it just doesn't really work for this your particular game. So this isn't a cop out question at all. Um, this is actually a question that I think, will you as a creator will actually be able to, yeah, aid further with with describing it to to the listener. What is and I only got one one single piece of advice you give to a player as they sit down to play your game. I'm not talking about the weird controller either. I'm talking about, you know, if they're using the mouse and keyboard as a standard control yeah. system. Um, what what was the one one thing you told them? What was the one thing?
1: I think the best advice is taking your time. Because most of the people and, and you know I showcase the game a lot of game events. And so I, I know how, how pretty well how people tend to play. Um, what they usually do is that they try to fire in, a course, like three seconds. Yes. They think that the solution must be there. Yes. But sometimes that's not really the case. Maybe the planets will align in a certain way that if you wait like 10 seconds, it will be super easy, it will be trivial. Or, you know, the target will be there. It's, it's going uh, back to, um,
0: you know, Kerbal Space Programme, or indeed the NASA <laughs> Space Programme, when they when they flew off the Apollo missions. You know, they fired it off, the rocket off, just at the optimum you know orbit between the moon and the earth, yeah. you know it's just, that's that's what they did, and
1: yeah, and, and, yeah. And, you know, so, sometimes people just have to wait, and of course you know this creates a very strange mechanic because the more they wait, the longer it takes for them to restart the level if it fails, so in a way, people want to do it immediately, but maybe doing it they don't understand that shooting immediately won't work or it will be really hard, so the time they're spending trying to Winning the level in three seconds is actually no worth thing because if they wait yeah. ten seconds, maybe they can
0: do it in one shot. What I, what I tend to do is I start moving quite quickly and rotating around to see <laughs> where I should fire off. I don't fire immediately. I'm just going to go. Well, I could try and wrap it round there, but it's going to go smashing into the sun again. <laughs> um, I I do love using the celestial bodies more than the sun. I yeah, think the sun's more unpredictable whereas the celestial bodies, you can bounce between them sometimes or wrap around the... Just, I like doing that because I think you get longer...
1: Because yeah. the aim of
0: the game, everyone, if you notice, that you fire the projectile, and the longer it is on the screen, the more points you gain. I mean, you can complete a level within you know a minimum par time, but you can carry on going. The longer that is, the better it is. And I love going up the leaderboards going, oh, I'll beat <laughs> him, see, I'll beat him.
1: Yeah, and, hey. and you know what actually really, really, um, in a way, made me super happy? The fact that on day one, you know, um, of course, I was on the top of every leaderboard of every level because I was the only one playing the game. <laughs> but, like, one hour after that, my name disappeared from the leaderboard entirely. <laughs> yeah, because And, and it, actually, this is really, really good when you find someone that likes your game so much that they're better than you on your own game. Yeah, You know, I made a game, so I should know how it works, and there is someone that can play the game better than me. And to me this is super flattering because it means that they really like the mechanic, they really master the mechanic more than me. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's very relaxing, it's very relaxing. Something that I try to find is that uh, sometimes in a game you can achieve stable orbit. This means that you start going around something and you can go down forever. I didn't want to discourage Rio from doing that. Uh, quite the opposite, stable orbits are, you know, the ultimate achievement for, for the game. But okay. the problem is that how do you manage the score of the game yeah. in that case? And that that that's a real problem because you know, if you and I both achieve a stable orbits, we are both good in the same way. But the mm-hmm. problem is that the final score depends on how long we can leave the computer on. And that's exactly. not really fair, <laughs> no, because maybe you have to go to work or I have Yeah, to go that doesn't, orbit, work, so. at all. It doesn't I mean, work at all. So,
0: can you really make truly
1: stable orbits?
0: Um, or do in, or they in, decay in, over time?
1: In some levels you can because what I did is I try to um, get data from real solar systems. So there's oh, super right. stable. <laughs> right. But in some other levels you really can't. But what you can achieve is a proper stable orbit. That means that the orbit never repeats itself, but it can go on forever. That is a very bizarre <laughs> bizarre definition, but um, basically it's up when they want to stop it. And that's why the game shows scores as a histogram. Because yes. so you can see the distribution. It doesn't matter, you know, if someone, I don't know, in China, leaves the computer on for three weeks. <laughs> I don't care. Because it's just one single guy.
0: Yeah. So what it matters is
1: that how good am I compared to the average? And, that's right. and yeah. you know, that, that's something I always, I always hated in games, when they would show me, like, a Hall of Fame, show me, like, top 10. I don't care about the top 10, because maybe they know statistically significant.
0: No. What I care
1: is how is the distribution about everyone. And Orbitalis does that, and I think, you know, it's a very clever way of showing, you know, scores. And don't make people feel bad if they see that they made 30 seconds while the record is, like, 95 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Like
0: right. that's a film, you know. Set that
1: <laughs> I
0: yeah, watching, uh, I just watched the Lego movie recently, which you should as well because it's, it's very it's beautiful. It's, a beautiful, it's beautiful film, beautiful <laughs> film in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I,
1: I have to say that I'm a little bit disappointed with Lego lately because yes, you know, and now I feel I will feel super old, but in my time. We didn't have Lego Harry Potter, Lego Indiana Jones, Lego Star Wars. You have all the boring pieces, and it was all about imagination. It was all about building yeah. because you didn't have it. And now, have it, no, you had to make it yourself. Yeah, and now rest- like you, you have like a Harry Potter head with no yeah. scar, and children don't want to play Harry Potter if he doesn't have the scar on it. You know, and, and like, I think it, I think it's rubbish because yeah. the, the, the purpose of Lego was to imagine.
0: Yeah, for me the my, for me, my favorite character in the film is 1980 spaceman. He was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. He was the best. Um I won't Probably uh, anyway. because ev-
1: everyone about the him. So Yeah, everyone.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I love the fact that his helmet was broken because they all got <laughs> broken. Yeah. Um on that note, um uh, thank you very very much for being <laughs> for on, on the show. Right? Um Orbitalis is available on PC right now via Steam. Yes. Is it Windows PC right now?
1: Is it Windows PC right now? I'm aiming to have it for um, uh, when it's out from the early access. Yeah, I almost certainly hope it will be there also for Mac users and Linux users as well. Right. It's not at the moment, but hopefully it will be. Yeah,
0: it's a standard thing. <laughs> a trio of platforms that uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah people love. But uh, I wish you the best of luck with it, and your <laughs> thank you developed. very much. any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer who listened to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com Bye!